Welcome to the Success Fitness Podcast. I am your host, Christian Evans. This podcast is for women and men over 30 who wants to achieve success in their fitness journey. And our special guest today, Gianna Neal, will help us do just that by sharing her story of how she wanted to improve the quality of her life because she felt she wouldn't be alive to see her children, her battle with hyperthyroidism, and using food as comfort to deal with anxiety caused her to weigh in at her heaviest of 417 pounds. But by training her mind and being consistent, it helps her to lose 120 pounds. Without further ado, Success Fitness family, please welcome Gianna Neal to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm okay. Thank you. How are you? I am good. I am good. So before we recorded this podcast or before I hit record, Gianna let us know that she just finished working out. So what was today's workout? Um, so today was actually um, just uh step so i do um extreme hip-hop step i'm a i'm an extreme hip-hop um step instructor um okay today today was just kind of like practice right kind of show off the i get to you know practice moves and stuff like that when i'm by when i'm by myself so yeah when you get to experiment you when you get to experiment yeah those are those are fun days too you know when you kind of like I call it like writing the program, you know, it's like, okay, should I put this step here or should I put this step last or whatever you just interchange. And uh, I think somebody told me at one point in time, it's like, it's not so much that your clientele or, you know, people are dumb is that they probably won't be able to tell which one you put in front. You know what I mean? Some of them will, some of them won't because it, 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 it was it was said so I can get out of my mind. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, OK, I'm trying to put this here and put this there. It's like, you know, they're just here on autopilot. You know what I mean? So exactly. just just have fun. Just have fun. Tell everybody where you're from. Um, So I'm originally from Chicago okay. um, and I currently um, live in Schaumburg. But, yeah, I'm Chicago. Please. OK, yeah, Chicago. That's about two and a half, three hours away from me. Um, down here in Peoria, Illinois. So, um, oh yeah, yeah, nothing but a hop, skip, and a jump away. Nothing but a hop, skip, and a jump away. So, what motivated you to start your fitness journey? Um, you know, I'm gonna. Originally, it was, um, it was kind of like almost like just random one day. Um, I was I was experiencing um extreme extreme anxiety. Um, and having even anxiety attacks. Um, and so um, one day I um, just woke up and said that I wanted to do something about it. Um, and so it actually, um, I was like just scrolling on my phone, right, in the middle of the night because, of course, that's when the anxiety would hit me the worst. So um, I wouldn't sleep. Um, and um, I would use food, right? I would be eating in the middle of the night, right? Scrolling on my phone. And I happened to um, see um, this reel by Extreme Hip Hop with Phil. So Phil, uh, Phil Whedon is the um, creator. So I saw one of his videos and I'm like, dang, it was fun. And I like to dance, right? And so I said, I'm just gonna just, I'm just gonna just try, I'm just gonna do it. Um, and one day I just signed up for the, for one of the classes and I just did it and it kind of just took off from there. <laughs> it got, it got addictive. So 
Can you define anxiety? And the reason why I'm asking that is because, you know, the older, you know, we, we get and the more, you know, we find out it's okay to talk. It's okay to talk about what you're going through. Um, and then there's certain labels for it versus you just thinking that this is just life or this is just the way things are. What is anxiety? How do you define anxiety? Because I'm not saying that I have it or did not have it or deal with it or don't deal with it. I think it's more putting a label on something, you know what I mean? Versus like, hey, my mind's always racing. You know what I mean? Because mine's, you know, always racing. So it's like, is that defined as just brainstorming or is that defined as anxiety? So. So, I mean, it can be, right? Um, it mm-hmm. can be. Um, definitely, my mind would definitely race, right? Um, I would always kind of feel like I was doomed, right? Things were, things are going to go bad, right? Um, sometimes I, uh, I would feel um, dizzy, even like my equilibrium was off. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Sometimes I would feel like um, I could feel it in my chest. Sometimes it feels like a ball in your throat. Mm-hmm. Right, that's some of the physical stuff. Um, but definitely, um, sometimes I would feel cold, you know what I mean? It was just all types of things where, um, at first I did not know what I was experiencing. I mean, sometimes an, a, a really bad anxiety attack can feel like death, right? Sometimes you can feel it in your chest, um, and um, it feels like someone's sitting on your chest, almost like pressure. Um, and so at first I was just like, oh, um, you know, maybe I need to. You know, go to the doctor. There's something wrong, um, but it uh, it turns out that it definitely was anxiety, like just really making me feel like um, sometimes sick, sometimes um, back pain. It just kind of went all over the body, so it could come in various type of ways. Really? Now, how long did you experience this? Well, before you, you know, went to the doctor and say, "Hey, you know what? I need to figure out what's going on. I know something is not right." but I don't know what it is. So I need to seek some help. How long did that go on for you until you sought some help? Yeah. See, the the thing is that I've never been afraid to um, go to the doctor. Right. And the thing is that when I, I mean, I would go right away and the doctor would tell me what it was, but I didn't believe him was the issue. Right. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't have anxiety. I'm good. Right. Um, I'm like, no, there's something really wrong. And it was, um, it was my mind, right, um, really just like overthinking and playing, you know, tricks on me um, to make me think that it was something more, right? But in actuality, I mean, I, I went right away. So I, I would say that my anxiety started to really, really, really get bad in 2000 and 2017 or 18 is when it started to get really bad. Um and I finally did something about it. So I, I battled with it for three years um, in 2020 when I really started to do something about it. I got you. Now, you may have addressed it earlier, but so pardon me if I'm asking the same question again. <laughs> what was the 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 origin story as far as like what what caused it? What can you was there a specific moment or was there like a, a culmination of several different things and, and factors or was it just like? Hey, it's life. You know, you're growing up and you got to deal with, you know, just just life in general. What can you pinpoint if you can? What was like, you know, that moment or those those moments where it's like, okay, 
this is where this anxiety started. This came from, yeah. So um, I I really feel like it was a combination of a couple of things. Um, one, me dealing with anxious attachment style or codependency. Um, codependency is huge, right? Um, it's especially within the Black community. People don't really realize it is what it is. Um, and so codependency, anxious, anxious attachment style, and then also um, finding myself in um, relationships, right, whether it be romantic or not, um, that um, were not good for me, right, uh, manipulators, narcissists, right, that, which makes it even worse. And so um, I think it was a combination of those also uh, with me, um, with me smoking, right? I used to smoke weed, like a lot, right? I think also smoking weed made it worse, right? When I was trying to be, you know, be cool and keep up with everybody and stuff like that. But, but, but really, marijuana made my anxiety that much more um, worse. So uh, I think it was a combination of those three things, right, that really made it, made it unbearable. I got you. So when you say codependency, um, I'm ignorant to that term. So for me, <laughs> can you define what, what that is? Cause I'm just, I'm learning all types of different, uh, words and phrases in regards to, you know, uh, people taking care of themselves a lot more, you know, whether it's dealing with relationships, um, you know, everything's surrounded by your quality of mental health. So can you help define that for me? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So um, I think I think my best definition of codependency would be um, the addiction of of basically taking care or being attached to people to other gotcha. people. Gotcha. Okay. Right? Okay. So like um, the addiction of 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 finding identity within another person. Right, rather than on your own, right? Putting that person's other, uh, put, putting that person's needs first, whether it be a romantic part, partner, a child, a brother, a sister, whatever. It's like always kind of um, giving, 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 and not taking care of yourself. Okay, I got you. And I can identify with that. Um, I've been through that more times now that I'm thinking about it, more times than what, what I thought it was. I'm Sometimes you just think, this is how things go. I'm you know, just, I'm this just is a how, person. I yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, what, yeah, yeah. And then you don't take you a step to, back and you're like, what? hold on. You're like, the math ain't mathing with this person or why do I feel amped up or, you know, down, you know, depending on what that person does or what they do not do. And once you start realizing somebody else has that power over you, it's like, no, nah. right. you know exactly. what I mean? It's not. Yeah. 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 And then you respond differently on the times when they do get you down or you do react uh, or your reaction to them doing something negative. And it's like, oh man, now it's like, I need a pizza or I need a, you know, an entire cake or donut, or mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm drinking or I'm smoking or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. Mm -hmm. What did that look like for you in those, in those downtimes? So I noticed that a lot of times um, with, and again, this is why I say codependency was very, very, very uh, closely um, correlated with that because 
a lot of times I would, whenever I, I didn't have anyone that I could caretake for, right, or that I could, um, that I could do things to try to control them and fix them and maintain their lives, right, my life was in shambles. And so I would turn to things like, uh, at first it was weed, then it was cigarettes, then it was food. So I think it was all put together. Um, and then, yeah, I would, um, you know, I would turn to definitely food. Um, I would uh, binge eat, um, but not um, in front of people. I would secretly binge eat, usually in the middle of the night, right? When everyone is sleeping or it's the wee hours of the morning, right? And that would help me to cope with the, with the feeling of anxiousness, right? Or angry, anxious attachment. Now, what did binge eating look like for you? Because in context, binge eating, let's just say for you, right? Binge eating for you may be binge eating, but that may be a snack for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what did what did that look like? Just give some examples of what did uh, binge eating look like for you? Yeah. See, so the thing is, is that the binge eating was not like, like severe. Right, but it was severe enough to where it was, you know, uh, uh, affecting my health and you know my body. Um, but binge eating for me would be um, probably eating double the portion, right? So as you know, our portions uh, or the way that portions are in the restaurant and stuff are big portions. So eating double that, right, um, is in one sitting uh, sometimes. Or um, just cut, or just eating. So I would eat, you know, those little bags of chips, right? But I would eat like four to five bags of those, right, in one sitting. So it was kind of like like a mild, um, a mild episode when I would just eat, 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 and then I got you. I got you. Cold. You know what I'm saying? So, I got you. Now, when you were eating what was going through your mind. And the reason why I'm asking that is because again, like we were talking about earlier in regards to anxiety mm -hmm. of just thinking constantly going, constantly going, constantly mm -hmm. going. Um, and I get like that too. I get like that mm -hmm. too, to where it's just like, you know, whether it's cookies, you know, chocolate cover almonds or mm -hmm. whatever, you just constantly just, you know, just eating. And when I'm eating, I'm not really conscious of, of what I'm eating all the time. And I don't really want to, dive into um i don't want to call it bipolarism i don't i don't want to say that but i can't really identify it at that time where you just blame something else for the reason why you're doing it right so meaning like oh i'm i'm not conscious of what i'm eating it's like i'm conscious of it but my mind is constantly going you know what i mean it's like okay how is this going to work out am i going to have enough money for this is this going to work out you know what i mean um this bill is due today or whatever and you're just constantly constantly eating was that going through your mind or what were some of the things uh, going through your mind like at the time? And then you look up and like you said, man, four bags of chips is down. You know what I'm saying? Just like that. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. That's that's yeah. exactly it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like I would be up and I would be right. Be thinking about, you know, oh, what am I going to do um, with this bill? What am I going to do about the children? You know, what am I going to do with uh, my business? Uh, what am I going to do with my business? Right. Uh, am I taking on too much? Oh my God, I hate my job. Oh, I can't give any. Um, or you know, or it may be um, uh, of dealing with, um, you know, a boyfriend at the time, right? You know, 
um, kind of just like dealing with that and uh, being anxious about what he might be doing, why he ain't in bed, you know what I'm saying, right? Or, you know, why was he on his phone, right? Just constantly obsessing and thinking about every single piece and every single thing. And as, like I said, I, as I, I wouldn't even know, right? Next thing you know, it's five hours just later. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now I just did that. Now, do you think that's part of your just natural personality from the standpoint of being critical from the standpoint of like making sure all your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted just overall, just kind of like if you're a thorough person and going over stuff, you know, all the time, I personally think that can transfer over to personal life to where you are double checking people. You are double checking people's intent. Um, the reason why, you know, the why of certain things like, why does this happen? Why does this happen? You know, nowadays we got, you know, our phones, we can just, you know, Google, you know, whatever, you know, why is this? Why is that? I got about 80 pages open <laughs> in my safari because I'm always Googling just crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but do you believe that can possibly transfer over? Because you said, you know, you have you have children and you have businesses and there's so many T's you got to make sure this cross. You, there's so many I's that you got to make sure that's dotted to make sure things are on point. Do you think that part of that being, you know, a businesswoman and a mother of just making sure everything is secure, how that can then transfer over and possibly be labeled as anxiety? You think they're running this one in the same, or do you think they're two different things? No, because so it could be. Gotcha. However, there's a, there's a gray area. There's a fine line. Because what I what I realized was that um, was that I had to had to admit that I was powerless, right, over anything, any circumstance, any bill, any person, any anything. And once I could admit that I did not have power over any of these things externally, right. And began to, I began to uh, learn how to meditate, right? When my mind would start doing that. Because again, I was trying to, I was assessing and thinking about what, what, what do I need to be doing? How do I need to be doing it right in order to control, right? Situations around me when really I, I'm not in control of any of that, right? Uh, it's only when I could release control and surrender to, not having control and just starting learning to go with the flow is when the mind started to turn off, right? And I'm not saying completely, I will, I won't even say turn off, I will say to uh, turn down, right? But I had to understand and be self aware, number one, when I was up in my head doing it, right? And to be able to ground myself and through meditation and things like that. And then too, like uh, like I said, submit and give it all. Um, for me, my higher power is God and start to go with the flow. And once I began to really practice that and to really, really, really commit to that, um, I start I, I began to feel like I can move like water, right? Like, oh, I got an extra bill. Okay, guess what? Just like God gave me the extra bill, God's gonna make the resources for me to pay the extra bill, right? It's just I just, now I can move like that to where, yes, I still um, pay attention to detail because 
I feel like I am just that type of person. But there I can draw that that distinct line between doing what I need to do and using wisdom and then you and then also letting letting go and letting God right and just going with the flow. Because if you don't, you would find yourself in a situation where you're always like, oh my God, oh my God, and panic. Right. Cause you panic because you're trying to control everything. You're trying to have a grip on everything. And in all reality, like you said, you know, you learn how to, you know, let go and let God and stop mm-hmm. trying to be so much in control. You find mm-hmm. so much, you find so much peace at that. And then in addition to that, it's, it's weird how it works out. Um, it's like the moment that you let go, the moment that you have more control. You have more control by letting go versus mm-hmm. trying to hold on and, and be in control. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's a certain type of piece to where you just, you know, like you said, you see a bill, you're like, all right, it's an extra bill. Um, when I come to that bridge, I'll cross it, you know. Um, and you know that, yes, the bridge will eventually be here, um, but I don't know when it'll be. And I think we all get so stressed out of the anticipation. Mm-hmm. I think it's the anticipation of the bridge approaching, but it's like, you don't know the day, you don't know the hour of mm-hmm. when it will happen. But until then, mm-hmm. we got so much ground to cover until we get there. You know, mm-hmm. let's focus on what's going on. Right let's let's right focus now. on, yeah, let's focus on what's going on right now. So mm-hmm. when you are going through, let's say like your, your eating binges, how did your... How did your kids take that? How did you think about your children in that in that moment? So I, you know, um, I felt I felt bad because I knew that I was uh, I, I knew that I was harming myself, and I knew that it was it was making it be to where I wasn't being the best mom, right? Because again in front of my children, right? They're they're only four and eight, but still they know. They're very, very, very smart. So in front of my children, right, I would um put on a strong face, right? And I would um sometimes even see my um habits, my binge habits and stuff, I would start to see them developing my children. Um because uh you know me just being okay with us just eating whatever, however, right? Um, and then I started to be, I, I began to feel bad because I knew that I could do better myself. And if I do better, my kids will do better too because I, I, I get to set the tone and the narrative for my children and I can break the curse, but I just felt so, I would feel defeated. I would feel low, right? I would feel that dep- I would be depressed and I would be critical of myself after a binge eating session. I would just be like, you know, oh my God, why did you do that? You know, all that stuff. But I um most but most most of the time I would be on the break face for the children. You know what I'm saying? Right. You gotta be strong for the kids. Hyperthyroidism. Now you were dealing with, you know, um anxiety. Um, you're dealing with trying to be the best example for your children. And in addition to that, 
hypothyroidism and having to deal with that. Can you define what hypothyroidism is? Because again, I'm ignorant to a lot of things and <laughs> what, um, what is the root cause of it? Or like, how did that affect you overall? Right. Well, actually, um, I, it's actually called Ray's disease. Okay. Uh, so it, um, it is hereditary. Um, and, um, it does run in my family. Um, it originally started as hyperthyroidism and hyperthyroidism is actually just, um, it's an autoimmune, um, disease. Um, and it's basically like pretty much everything, um, as far as your immune system, as far as your skin, your hair, everything is speed up, right? With hyper. And so um, sometimes you, I would have like rapid heartbeat, I would sweat a lot. I would, um, my, metabolism, my metabolism was very, very, very fast. I was um, so, so fast I was losing muscle mass, right? And getting very small, right? And so um, when I went to um, get it treated, um, I went and got the hyperthyroidism treated with uh, radioactive iodine um, because I had a mass on my throat. Um, they they treated the mass. The mass went away. But sometimes what happens when you treat hyperthyroidism, the body then responds to the medication so well that it becomes underactive, right? And so underactive is hypothyroidism. Um, that causes you to... Um, have excessive weight gain. Um, you're, uh, sometimes you may lose hair. Sometimes you may um, gain swelling in the body, inflammation. And so um, I do take a um, a thyroid medication uh, called Synthroid to help keep my thyroid level um, normal. Um, but uh, really... What really kind of is starting to really help me or what was really helping me was the, the diet and exercise, right? And what I was putting into my body. Okay. So this is nothing new. This is nothing new in regards to what, yeah, what's, what's being said amongst the many people that either I've, I've interviewed or my clients in regards mm -hmm. to they have an illness or sickness and, mm -hmm. It's like, okay, they've, they've gotten professional help. They've gotten professional help and gotten medication. Mm -hmm. And they notice one thing is that when they started to change their intake, they started to change their diet, they become more aware of their intake and become more active. That's when the acceleration of the healing begins. What was that moment for you? Um, you're dealing with the anxiety, being a, uh, an example for your your kids uh, and realize doing your binge eating spurts is that your kids were watching and you got up to what was your your heaviest weight that you got up to during that? Yeah, so I, yeah my heaviest weight was 417. Okay, 417 pounds. And how tall are you? I'm 5'9". Okay, 5'9". Uh, you say 417. And then you realize like, okay, there's a lot going on. I gotta, I gotta make that change. Can you remember that day, that date, that week of when you're like, okay, I need to change what's, what my intake is. What was that moment for you? Yeah, my, um, so yeah, I mean, I was looking at the scale, number one, number two, 
I was on four blood pressure medications for. My blood pressure was so out of control that I had to take four medications for it to be normal. And with a, with a, with in addition to that, a water pill because I had so much inflammation and swelling in my body. Um, I could not wear wear sho- a lot of shoes because my feet were so swollen. My ankles were so swollen because of the edema. Uh, there was just a ton of inflammation in my body, and I just I was unhappy. I just was unhappy. Um, I I and I just couldn't take it anymore. And I and I said to myself that um, I have to do better with um, with my body because I'm I looked at my medication and I literally had like like six or seven or eight medications. Yeah, it was probably just too much. Yeah, yeah, it was just too much. I was like. I'm like, every time there's something wrong, right, because I keep feeding myself this, this garbage, I noticed that I would take on another ailment, then go to the doctor, and they would throw another medication in. Right, right. right. It was a crazy cycle. Crazy cycle. Yeah. Yeah, it was a crazy yeah. cycle. So what did that diet change look like for you? Was it a diet change first, or was it um, being being active or being more active in regards to as far as working out, which one came first, the workouts or the intake? So the, so the diet change came first. Um, so I did, I tried pretty much everything, right? So I originally tried, um, you know, all the fat stuff, right? Which, um, I, I did Optavia. Optavia does work. Um, it's very expensive, but it does work. Um, so I did, I did Optavia. Um, the first, the very first, first time, actually, I'm going to take a step back. The first, first time I did it, I just did, I just kind of did it on my own. Where I was What's Optavia? What's that? I never Opt- heard of that. Yeah, that's okay. Optavia is a, um, is a weight loss program where they give oh, okay. you, they give you food um, to eat. Um, and then you follow their, their, um, you know, meal plan and you eat their food and then, you know, you exercise and water and all that stuff. Um and so it worked, but it's expensive. And so I was like, okay, well, can't I can't keep doing this. Um, then I did, you know, just kind of like on my own where I was like, I'm just going to do it on my own. I did intermittent fasting, right? And so that also works. But I noticed that I kept going up and down and up and down and up and down um, because, of, again, me not getting um, getting a hold of my binge eating because I was still – Right, have those moments of binge eating. Yeah, 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 yeah. Weight. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so I just, I would do, I would do the, the the diet part and then the exercise part, and everyone like you're doing so great. I'm like, okay, right, but something is not something. Yeah, is this off. food keeps calling me at night. This food keeps right. calling me at night. <laughs> exactly. Somehow I'm still up and I'm still freaking eating like you know cookies and stuff. Right. And so it's only when I started to deal with my mental is when everything else started to kind of click. I had to deal with my mental first. So that means that I had to get in get my get in therapy. I had to so to address my codependency. I had to um I went to um some meetings over either anonymous meetings, right? Because I just had to really be honest with myself and understand that I had a mental 
And I, I had a mental uh, relationship with food that was not good. And so I had to change that relationship um, starting with mental first. So the mental came first after everything else failed for so long. <laughs> I got this, you. This last time the mental came first. And then so, it was a diet. So when you dealt with that, the mental, and you sought out help, and that help help you unpack that, how did that make you feel at that time when it's kind of like that aha moment, like, oh, that's why I was doing that? Or, um, you know, this played more of a factor that I buried deep in my mind than either what I thought or wanted to openly admit. What was that? What was that like for you? Was there a sense of relief or did you have like more of uh, let's say that that light guiding on that that dark path where you're like, okay, now I need to go that way now. I understand now where I need to go. So I will say at first I was like, first it was like, aha. And then it was like, oh, right. It's like, right. So like a combination of that, it was like uh, I felt real vulnerable, right? I, I, it was really, it was really um, scary and ugly, um, and um, it was unknown because I had, I had never, in thirty-four years of my life at that time, I'm, you know, um, I was 33, 34, I had never addressed um, food, my relationship with food, and how it it how it tied to childhood trauma and things like that. I had never addressed it in that way. Yeah. Um, because I thought I could skip steps. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like when that gets addressed, it's, it's kind of one of those things to where, like I was reading a comment in a comment section about, um, I think it was like Dame Dash. He was talking about uh, social media and he was just talking about, you know, being paid or getting paid or not getting paid. Um, more or less. Somebody left a comment. It's like, you know, how can you then bring up, you know, what we should do, but, or no, how do you address a problem or articulate the problem, but then don't provide the solution? And I didn't agree with that. It's like, why does it, why does it have to be hand in hand? Like first, like we got to address the issue and first, and then it's like, okay, let me process it. So that's what I'm hearing from you. It's like, Versus it being like, oh, I heard the news, I found what the problem was, and then I went ahead and fixed it right then and there. No, there's still a process. You know, there's still a process. The other day, my treadmill was acting up, right? Uh, Started giving me this screechy sound. And it's like, okay, I need to take this thing apart. And I need to figure out what it is first. You know, yes, I fixed it, but I first had to process what it is that I needed to fix. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And if I really Mm -hmm. wanted to do it. If I had the time to do it, if I have the resources to do it, if I had the tools to do it. So what I'm hearing from you is like, yeah, I got the answer. Um, I got closer to the answer, but it's like, man, let me process this for a second. And that Mm -hmm. could possibly bring on possibly some additional anxiety because it's like, like you said, that vulnerability. Yeah. 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 I had never, I mean, like, like to break it down to like ground zero. When I mean ground zero, like uncharted territory, like things that I had buried from in childhood so that I could cope, right? And I could 
I could um, move on with my life and, you know, be brave and all that stuff. I had to go all the way back because if I didn't, then I, I would, I kept, I understood that I would keep running into the same wall, right? It was almost like God was like, okay, but start again. And then I would start again and I would try to skip a step and he'd be like, okay, but start again. Cause it's not it. You got yeah. to start again. It's like, it's like <laughs> a uh, groundhog day movie or something like that. And it's like, you keep repeating, you keep messing up. And it's like, man, what step did I miss? It's like, you're going to keep going over it until you figure it out until, until you, until you get it, until you get it. And it's like, Oh, okay. I finally got it. It's like, like you, you can be in a loop. You know yeah, what I mean? You can't it's like, be it's like now I can now I can realize like it's so one day, but one day I, I I was so frustrated and I was just such such a dark place. I was just like, okay, okay, so what? Like you right? It was almost like at a pressure, just like what is it? Like what is it? Right? And it's only when I was like really really fed up and really committed to really finding out what my issue is. Is that that's when it all started? So it was like a ball of rubber bands, and I just started to pull back each layer. So once you started pulling back each one of those layers, and you started adding the the fitness routine in, what did mm-hmm. that look like? You said uh, you mentioned earlier about the um, uh, the the the, the hip hop fitness routine. Mm-hmm. Did anybody introduce you to that, or you was just like you were just doing your your search, you know, mm-hmm. on your phone just up at night? Yeah, I just stumbled on it. I stumbled upon it. Um, I the crazy part about it is, is that um, some of the videos, um, and then and then I just and then I started to videotape it randomly. I didn't know what I was doing. Right, I probably looked like I looked probably stupid, <laughs> right? Because I'm like doing this new thing, and but I think videotaping it was a way for me or going live on social media was a way for me to be accountable because um, people would cheer me on, right? Um, and I, I just think, I seen it the other day, I had on some compression stockings, right? And I was like, my my stomach looked like I was pregnant, right? And something I was like, oh my God, I can't even recognize myself. And that's no, what I did- now, did um, you have anybody in your, let's say, immediate life or circle that you kind of told about all of this or say, hey, you know what? I'm getting ready to start my day one because that's so brave when I see people uh, record themselves and go live. I, I approach my recordings differently and I'm starting mm-hmm. to see or question. I was like, why is somebody doing that? But then I realized, like, maybe not everybody has somebody in their corner. And I think that's, that is scary. You know, that, that, that is scary. And I think that's why the, the, uh, the, the positive parts about social media is to make it less scary to where there's a lot of people who may not be as bold, as brave as you are to put your camera on and hit record or go live. I can tell you right now, I've yet to go live. I think I went live like on Periscope, like, 10 years ago when Periscope was around or whatever, for those who may not know what that is, but that was back then. Afterwards, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was old school. That's old school. That's old school. But then I'm like, nah, you know what I mean? But like, everybody's different. And sometimes I'm, I'll watch a live or I'll watch a video and it's like, 
everybody's why is different. And I think that's what makes it beautiful because you don't know everybody's story. You don't, you do, you like, you, you, you really don't. And I think yeah. that's, that's beautiful. And at the same time, like somebody to, um, find this boldness into them, into their, you know, their, their fitness journey and say, I'm going to share it with the world and then get people to, you know, cheer them on, you know, true enough, you will have your antagonist. And I think that's what comes to the territory. And, but you will have more positivity. And at the same time, it's like, I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it for me to hold my, hold myself accountable. Mm-hmm. Now, when you were doing that and kept doing that, when did you notice a change in your, um, your mental and also your physical, when the weight started dropping, mm-hmm. when, when did you know it? Was it like 10 pounds? Was it 20 pounds? Was it 50? What did that feel like for you? So I could, I could, honestly, I could feel the, I could feel the difference immediately, right? Um, was because of all of the swelling and stuff was starting to go down. Um, a lot of um, a lot my my clothes were fitting different, right? I could I could feel it right away. But you know, when I when I first first did it, um, I just noticed like you're right, like like random people were like. Um, cheering me on or something or people would be like you're such an inspiration to me and I'm like who do you I'm still trying to figure it out myself child I can't be an inspiration to nobody okay uh, but, it, but it was like that they were like really like happy uh, for me and then like really like like saying like you know we need to see you every day. So pretty much I was doing it pretty much every day almost. Like maybe like five, four or five times a week. And people were like, you know, looking for me. And so I was like And that's crazy how things flipped around to where it's like now people may have a codependency on you now. You know what I mean? From a standpoint, from a motivational standpoint. You know, it doesn't always have to be in a negative connotation all the time. You know, now somebody's like, you know, I need to see this person. You know, I'm like that Mm -hmm. too. You know, I wake up and um, I'm walking on the treadmill and I'm going through YouTube videos like, nope, I need to see this person. I need to see that person. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. you know, as motivation, you know, so now I, it's like that transformation of flipping the term phrase codependency now to where it works in your favor. You know, something that was a hindrance right. is now more of a yeah. motivation and inspiration um, to you. So you do this work, you know, you're changing your life, you're helping change other people's lives. What did it look like when you hit the scale and you hit that 100 pound mark and where you just recently said you lost an additional 20? So from 100 pounds to that additional 20 and where do you want to go from there? Mm-hmm. So um, when I, so actually I had, um, I remember recording a reel, I, I was I had recorded a reel and I was at 300 and I was at 319 or something like that or 320. And I had on like this, this tie-dye shirt and these tie-dye trucks, right? And I was just doing my regular workout and I posted one little clip. This was right at my hundred pound and it went viral, right? Like viral, viral. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Not only now do I have like these regular people, like regular everyday people looking at me, but now I have 400 something thousand plus views. Insane, insane. And like, like these people are like all over the place. And I'm like, 
Okay. Wait, what? Um, I'm like, wait, what? Like, so now um, I, re I just remember that I could just see myself. And I was looking at the real and I was like, I mean, I definitely could see a change in myself, right? Right. Like, people, people probably see, people see a, a drastic change in me. For some reason, I don't see it. I see it. I feel it. But I don't see it as much. Probably. Yeah, because that that person is still that's still in here, you know, oh. and it yeah probably just took a while for you to come to to grips with it, and you may still be dealing with it, you know, right now because of mm -hmm. where you want to be, you know what I mean, where you want to be, where people, you know, they can give a thumbs up um, and salute you for the work that you've done thus far. It doesn't mean that it's definite, you know. So I totally right. identify <laughs> what you're saying. Uh -huh. Yeah, so a lot of times, a lot of times I get met with, well, you look good right now. And I'm like, yeah, I, thanks. <laughs> right? But I still, but, it, but but I have personal goals, right? And so um, I do want to get down um, to like around 225. Again, I'm a tall girl. Uh, I, I'm not meant to be like barely small. Right, um, right, right. I'm not meant to be that way. Uh, but so... When people um, look at me, they can't. They would never think that I weigh two hundred and ninety pounds. Still, right. I'm two hundred and ninety pounds. Right, right. right. And so, to someone else, they'd be like, "What?" Or right, or a lot of people are like, "Don't get too small," right, and things like that. And so, I yeah, uh, that's I, that's a I've I've dealt with that so many times, and it's like, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? It's like, can you say anything else other than that? And I don't I don't know. I think I need to talk about that or me. I need to unpack that because that kind of fires me up. You know, it's either, oh, just stay right there. And it's like, why are you trying to limit my greatness? You know what I'm saying? And you do have to really speak those bold sayings over yourself. You do have to literally rebuke that. Somebody may not consciously know that right. it's a form of negativity. And right. I personally don't think that it's me overreaching or taking things too personal but then if i do it's okay because it's personal because it's me you know what i mean it's like i want to get somewhere i'm not saying that i should articulate my goals uh broadcast them off to everybody you know but it's like you know yes i look decent you know right now we're good in that person's eyes but i want to get further but the last thing somebody should say uh, is almost like a backhanded compliment or you know yeah, that's how i take that the words are powerful it, the, the yeah, are powerful, right? And if you if you are on a mission, right? And it, and it's and it is a backhanded comment. It's almost like like you know, oh, well, don't get too small, right? It's like, well, but but guess what? I'm if 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 me being smaller, me being healthy, then I'm willing to get to be that, right? And, yeah. I, and, it, and it's not for you to to approve either. Yeah, and these same people never, I don't. I don't really think they even ask or are conscious enough to say, how do you feel? How do you feel? You know, as long as you feel good in doing what you do, you know what I mean? Cause maybe I don't feel good being this big and I may want to get smaller or whatever uh, definition of smaller is to that person in their eyes. Um, but it's just like, no, I'm trying to get off these meds. You know, doctor said I need, 40 more pounds off, you know what I mean? Or I need, you know, 20 more pounds off to make, you know what I'm saying? This, this, this surgery I just had on my neck or my throat 
to really be effective or so it cannot come back. So there's so many things that are going on. There's so many stakes, you know, there's so much at stake more than the other person knows. And true enough, they may not know all of that stuff, but that's why sometimes I like, I try to like kind of back up before I go, yeah, before I go full Kanye, (laughs) before, before I I go full Kanye, because I just go full Kanye, like really, really, really quick. what lesson did you learn about yourself when you reached your goal that you can give those who may be on the fence about starting their fitness journey? Um, address the mental first. It's all mental. Everything else will, will, will fall into place. It's not about, um, it's not about you working out insanely in the gym, right? It's not about any of that stuff. Um, it's just, it's changing your, the way that you view and changing your relationship with food and eating, not eating to, not living to eat, but eating to live, right? Like literally just like eating things that will add life or add value to your nutrition, right? Um, and, and, and definitely nutrition it just it is right you could you could literally go into calorie deficit you can literally lose weight without picking up a weight you without going to a gym if you eat properly and not only eat properly but eat the right things that help heal your body because the body is so miraculous god made this our body and it's like it's like magic because your body can heal itself you just have to give the things to aid the healing, right? And so you can you can do you can lose weight without even having to go to a gym. People see me and they're like, "Wow, I want to work out with you." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. But well, what are we gonna do about your the diet? It's the diet. It's the it's the relationship with food and the diet. One hundred one thousand percent hands down. One hundred percent. And I'm gonna piggyback off of you because the way fitness or weight loss, the way weight loss, yes, to be specific, the way weight loss is being portrayed, especially online, as if it's a direct correlation with how much or how intense you work out. If you look at um, the advertisement for it and as a personal trainer, I get mad at those who are promoting that because it's like, you know better, you know what it is and it ain't that. You know, it's not you yelling at somebody to do 20 minutes on the stair climber and 20 burpees. You know, good. You you know, good and well, <laughs> this is coffee kicking in. You know, good and well, that's not it. You know what that's I mean? It's it. exactly what you said. It's nutrition. So stop lying to people. You know what I mean? Because it's like some people may not be able to do, you know, burpees or stair climbers or whatever the case may be, um, mm-hmm. period, or as intense. But mm-hmm. what people can do is, you know, um, fix their nutrition. You know, what people can do is get access um, to their nutritional intake, how many calories they're supposed to eat. Uh, shameless plug. That's why I created a free ebook about how many calories you should eat, because I always see that. I always see I need a meal plan. It's like eh, you need to know how many calories you're supposed to eat. Yeah. yeah. What are you your macros? Know, you need to know your, your yeah. 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 You can put that in all for yourself. You can put that in and you don't have to pay or be 
dependent <laughs> on somebody to do that for you. You know what I mean? You can, you have the power, you have the power, you have the power in your hands. You have the power in your hands. Now, uh, before we let you go, where can people reach you at to join in on your lives? Uh, you mentioned earlier about uh, now you are now a, 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 a instructor, a hip hop dance instructor and fitness instructor. Where can they reach you at website um, or if it's strictly just Instagram, let everybody know where they can reach you at to join in. Yeah, so I, you can reach me at Instagram. My Instagram is fitgrambaddie, B-A-D-D-I-E, 87 um, on Instagram. Um, my Facebook, I have a, a Facebook page. Um, it's called Work the Weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, Fitness. You can follow my Facebook, uh, my uh, fitness page there. And then also just um, my name, Gianna Marie, G-E-A-N-N-A-M-A-R-E uh, on Facebook as well. Um, and I always um, post and link um, and posting, um, sharing um, from any of those pages. And then you can uh, follow me from there. Um, and they also link to sign up for class. I uh, also teach class on Zoom, um, personal training, obviously in person. Um, but you don't even need a step. We can do without a step. Like there is no excuse. <laughs> so she's uh, got it all together for you. She's got it all together for you. And I'm yeah. gonna have all that information linked in the description. And this brings us to the end of another episode of the Success Fitness Podcast. If you found inspiration in today's podcast and would like to support, then sign up to my weekly newsletter. The Success Fitness Newsletter, you'll get access to my new ebook, How Many Calories Should I Eat? That's what I mentioned earlier. It's a guide with resources within to find your daily caloric intake to ensure success in reaching your fitness goals. You'll also get access to my private Facebook community, Success Fitness Family, and weekly emails when this podcast publishes every Sunday at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. The link to sign up to the Success Fitness Newsletter will be in the description. Thank you for listening to the Success Fitness Podcast. Thank you. Gianna for appearing on the Success Fitness Podcast. And remember this, if it's not making you stronger, simply chant more weight, more weight, more weight. Peace out.